Yes, welcome back to The Lightning Rod, the show that says, why do it in regulation when you don't have to? This is, uh, what, February 2nd, 2022. I am Johnny Pipes coming to you from Miami. And with our new platform coming to you from across the virtual street, Gannon, what is going on, brother? Hello, all. I think we are finally listenable. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if our numbers shoot through the roof. <laughs> this is our breakthrough episode. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, speaking of that, if you want to call the show, you can. 727-416-0613. And you can leave us a voicemail. And uh, we'll play it on the show, possibly, if uh, we like it. And, uh, why aren't you calling? You could be in grave danger and I can help you as your psychic friend. Yeah. So call us, give us a shout. If you want to email us, you can too at uh, the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. That's the lightning rod one, the number one at protonmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at lightning rod pod. We have all of those avenues. So uh, we have reached now the all-star break. We are out of games until next week. So uh, what, what do you uh, what do you think? What are you thinking? You want to take a take a break from thinking about hockey for a while? I'm not ready for it. I mean, I, I live and breathe this team, but I am excited for the all-star game. I just don't know how I'm going to watch it because I stream all my games. So I hope they have it on my site. Yeah, I, I don't I, see why they I wouldn't. I'm not too sure. Uh, hopefully, I'm sure I'll find a way. But I think this year it's actually looking sort of like a bounce back. I'm hoping, like you know, like we were saying last last show, it's kind of nobody really takes it seriously, whether it be the the players or the fans anymore. And I think they're trying to get more people engaged. I don't know if you've seen what what the NHL is planning to do, but they're really trying to expand it make it more for more for the casual thing again get get people re-engaged make the players you know kind of kind of care a little bit more and i i think they're going back to it they, they've got a couple new competitions they're utilizing the the vegas the the vegas strip uh the with the uh 21 and 22 it's like a accuracy shooting blackjack game i think which i, I think that's kind of interesting and then bringing in non all-star players to partake in the breakaway challenge and the the uh, consecutive save challenge. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. That's what people have been asking for for quite a long time now. Well, yeah, we just asked for it in the last show. Yeah. And the show before that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in guys that aren't specifically uh, selected for the all-star team to show off their skills because, I mean, there's such a narrow scope of players that get to go. You know, be – forced to kind of see them do the stuff when there's so many other good players that don't get a chance. Yeah. Like Trevor Zegras, uh, Zegras, he's going, he's going to be doing the breakaway challenge, which that's honestly what I'm most excited for everybody, the breakaway challenge. Um, and I, I, I mean, the kid is so dynamic. He's got crazy moves. So it's sweet seeing, you know, again, non quote unquote, all-star players being able to partake in it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what, so what exactly is different 
Because what I'm used to seeing is, um, I mean, I thought it was really cool when they changed it a few years ago and made it the four divisions and a three-on-three tournament. Is that remaining the same? I think so. Actually, well, I've only seen the two jerseys, I think. It, it could be just East versus West. East versus West. I'm not sure. I've, not that I've, like, tuned out of the All-Star game or the, the subject of, but I just have not been following it as close as I have in years past. But I, I think they'd probably still do something like that. You know, who, whichever uh, team or division conference wins the uh, the skills challenge, they get to pick which game or what time. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Well, let's find out. Okay, so this is the sixth iteration of the three-on-three tournament. So the pat yeah so all four divisions yeah cuz uh Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl have made the Pacific team incredibly hard to beat in the current format. So I'm reading this off of uh, Bleacher Report to see uh if it's going to be any different. But it looks like it's still going to be the same, which is cool. Friday is the skills competition. Saturday is the game at 3 in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, it takes it has the same format as had for the previous five events. So that is good. What time is the game? Three? It's at 3 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. So prime time for when you're out doing other things and not watching hockey. Like working for me. Yeah, there you go. Like working. (laughs) Hopefully it's a slow day. I want to be able to watch it. But I think everybody is kind of more interested in, like, the skills competition now. Yeah, that is at uh, 7.30 on Friday night. Uh, What? I wonder what new is in the skills competition, like what, so you said they had the blackjack thing going on. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw any pictures of it. Um, they just came out with it on like Monday. It's, um, I'm not sure where it's somewhere on the, on the strip on Las Vegas Boulevard. And they've got these targets set up, I think 52 cards and, uh, they're going to have players go up there and shoot at the, uh, faces of the cards and whichever one they hit, um, it will tally that score. Uh, you know, you try to you play it like blackjack. So, you know, try to get to 21 or as close as you can without busting. What? Uh, which, which I think that's a neat Vegas take. It's different. And then the next one uh, is the, I forget what they called it, um, the, the fountain face-off or something. And they're going to be shooting pucks into targets um, I think in the fountains by the Bellagio, um, you know, not, not like accuracy shooting, but kind of like top golf, I think, you know, where you're, you know, you got a target so yeah. far out and you're trying to make it in the hole, uh, similar to that. But again, you know, right outside the Bellagio on, on the fountains there, I heard they're going to be taking a boat there or something. I, I'm not sure. I'm really interested to see how they pull this all off. That's actually the perfect cover for when, uh, George Clooney and, um, uh, you know, uh, Brad Pitt are robbing the the vault. <laughs> so actually, that's cool. So that's kind of a um, a reference to what they did. Was it last year or the year before, where they had people way up in the in the um, upper part yeah. of the arena and they were shooting at all the targets? I thought that was yeah. really cool. It's going to be similar to that. You're thinking of the St. Louis All Star, yeah, All Star game. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be just the same as that uh, just at a cooler location all right a lot more lights outside a lot more yeah, debauchery yeah. 
another cool thing about the All-Star game with some of the uh, other guests that they have coming, um, there were four people. So Zegras was one of them. Um, and they have a special guest star goalie coming in who goes by the name of Manon Rayom. Oh, who, no way. That name rings a bell to you was the uh, first and only female goaltender to play any game in the NHL, albeit yeah. an exhibition preseason game, who what? happened to suit up for the Lightning so many years ago. You know, it'll be nice to have a different female for once besides uh, Kendall Coyne, um, whatever her, her fourth last name is. Not that Schofield, I have, yeah. Not that I have anything against her, but it just felt to me like with NBC, at least specifically, whenever they wanted to trot a woman out who plays hockey, it was always her. Maybe they just had a contract yeah. with her. But it was like, you know, there's a whole bunch of other women that play hockey, and they're all really good. You can, you know, they had her go out and do the, the speed thing, which was cool. But it's like, you know, there's there's more than her. You know, she was actually the fastest skater when she did that. Uh, she beat McDavid. She beat Point. She was the fastest skater of all the 10 or so people that did it. Was she? Because I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't think her, her time was. Maybe she was. That's cool. They didn't. Um, did they like do something they different? Her time towards the, uh, no, she did the same, the same lap, but they didn't, you know, count it towards the actual, uh, you know, towards the actual competition, but she, uh, she had the fastest time. Huh. And yeah, I don't know if they broadcasted it but i i because i don't remember watching it but i remember seeing like replay of it and i remember everybody was saying you know in the comments you're like why why isn't she getting the love you know she had the fastest time people getting upset about it whatever but again that's pretty cool yeah she did a 14 uh three four six according to nhl.com so that's pretty damn good and i believe that that was was not the fastest Oh, it wasn't? Okay. No, she had some drag with the ponytail. So nah. she did 14, 3, 4, 6, uh, and uh, McDavid was 13, 3, 7, 8. Uh, okay. She did beat and Clayton Keller from the Coyotes, though, who uh, had a 14, 5. I think, was that the same one where um, Point got beat by like a hundredth of a second by McDavid? Yes, I believe that was the same one. Ugh. Because that was the, no, it was the one after that. Because McDavid was defending, I think McDavid was defending the first time when Point went. So this was the when he won the third straight year. So I think it was the one after that. Either way, uh, okay. it's neither here nor there. Yeah. She went really it's fast. It's still really cool having it, uh, Manon Raom come. That, that is, I think that's something special. 100%. 100%. I still remember seeing the card, the hockey card with her in the old school lightning sweater. Uh, man, I must have been in like middle school or late elementary oh, school Lord. or something. No, it, wasn't, it was definitely middle thought. school. Because it was the 90s. We weren't a team until 1993 or 1992. So, um, yeah, so this must have been like three or four, 93 or 94. So that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Um, pretty excited to uh, to watch the skills competition. The, the All Star game itself is man, but you know, kind of like in the old days, we watched the uh, the uh, dunk contest and the three point contest in the NBA. But you don't really care about the All Star games; they don't play any defense. Yeah, you wind up with a score funny, that's um, like one forty to one sixty five. When they did the uh, All Star game in Tampa, 
I forget how many consecutive years they had gone without calling a penalty. And, of course, uh, Brad Marchand gets called for, like, a trip or something, and then he's trying to, you know, just jokingly, like, embellish calls, you know, just playing with the high stick. And uh, they, they were all mic'd up for that game. And Wes McCauley, the, the famous ref, um, he was like, you know, you know, I should call you. I'd probably get the loudest ovation ever in this building, you know, because it's Marchand. Yeah. Oh, man, they hated him so much that day. It was awesome. <laughs> that was it, the day you hated to hate him. Yeah, and, and, you know, there were a lot of Boston fans there just because there's so many that live in the Tampa area. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he did kind of get um, not humiliated that game. He he definitely made himself into more of, of a villain that game, but in a funny way. He's turning himself into such a, a likable guy off the ice, and I, I hate it. Like, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I don't know, you know, I hate him. He's the rat, whatever. But at the same time, all of his kind of, most of his off-ice antics and stuff, it's pretty funny and lighthearted. Um, I don't know if you saw him going back and forth with the Hurricanes Twitter. Um, and he, he um, <laughs> Vincent Trocek of the Hurricanes, he, it's kind of old news now, but they asked him, oh, do you think you have a similar play style to uh, Brad Marchand? And he's like, no, I'm not a rat. And then Marchand <laughs> posted something on his Twitter or Instagram saying, that's like comparing a, a Lamborghini to a Prius, talking about himself as the Lamborghini. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the following day, uh, the two teams played Bruins and Carolina. The Bruins, or Carolina shellacked the Bruins 7-1. to one. <laughs> and um, the Hurricanes Twitter account, if you don't follow them, you need to. They're hilarious. They've probably got the best PR person in the league. But they uh, they posted the final score, 7-1, to one, and captioned it, L stands for Lamborghini. <laughs> oh, and boy. then Marchand quote tweeted um and said, you guys are still the reason we're paying 20% escrow. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, was, it was brutal. The bo- Both of them got their shots, and it, it, it's all funny at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it, it reminds me a little of um, the movie Fever Pitch about the Red Sox, which I think was based off a book or something like that. And there was a scene where they went to a restaurant after a game, and they saw like Yankees and Red Sox players eating dinner together, and it just kind of blew their mind. You know, like, how could you, don't you guys hate each other? Like, aren't you supposed to just be bitter rivals? But yeah, you're sitting there and like sharing a plate of spaghetti, like Lady in the Tramp or something. <laughs> well, that's what I love about this game. You know, hockey in general. I mean, you guys will, again, beat the piss out of each other quite literally. And, and after the scrap, you pat each other on the back and say, good Tilly. I mean, it, it's such a majestic game. For sure. For sure. Speaking of my majestic games, we've we've had three in the week since we uh, had our long conversation with with Bogo for Norris. Which thank thanks to him again for uh, showing up on on our show. That was super cool of him, and we had a really good time. So uh, check check him out, Bogo Norris. We had we went two and one in that three game stretch, dating back to Thursday, uh, which was January twenty seventh, where we took. The uh, Devils for a ride beat them four two. Anything uh, stand out about that game, or you remember anything about it? Seems like so long ago now. We beat them four two. I thought we beat them three to two. Uh, let's see. I'm probably looking yeah, at the wrong two. column. <laughs> Come 
Come on, get it together. <laughs> Dude, I suck at this, man. I'm, I got this website. It's it's so small because I've got all these windows on my screen. Oh, yeah. It is three to two. Yes, you are correct. It was three to two. I'm looking at a completely different column. They don't make this easy. And this is NHL's website, too, which is even funnier. <laughs> no, I hate their website. Um, I didn't get a good chance to watch this game. I was actually attending a memorial service for one of my buddies, but I ended up uh, getting to catch the the later half of. Or, yeah, I caught most of the uh, most of the third period, where it seemed like you know most of the not most of the action, but you know the the deciding point of the game was. And again, yeah, I was at some dirty loud bar I, I i couldn't really sit down and watch it i was with all my friends and whatever but again that they know that when there's a game on i'm not gonna be talking to them so <laughs> um i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one because i'm sure you probably sat through the whole thing and have a better analysis than i do because again i i just did not really get a good chance to to sit down and watch it well it was a pretty good game we gave up the first goal in the first period uh pretty um pretty quickly it was four minutes in, um, Damon Severson for, uh, from Brat. It wasn't, I don't think we were really getting outplayed per se, um, but we did give up the first goal. Uh, second period was all lightning, and Kalorn scored one from uh, Hetty and Stammer, and Joseph had one unassisted. And I'm trying, his was, his was crazy because it was shorthanded. That was like he, um, shot it and then got his own rebound off of Gillies and it was really cool and I was really happy for him because if there's anybody who ever looks like they're always going to score shorthanded it's Joseph he just never does and this one he yeah, actually that, got it was a gift like the rebound went right back to him if I remember correctly that was one of the goals that I actually did catch when I was uh driving from the service to the bar I I just threw my phone up on the dash there. Don't tell anyone. Um, and yeah, I had the game on for when he did score that uh, score that shorty. And from what I did notice is that all three of the goals that we got in, all of them were rebounds. I, th I thought uh, Gillies, the Devils goalie, I thought he played actually really well from what I saw. But it was all those rebound chances, not even the only ones that went in. I think there were a couple others that you know were kind of floaters around the net, you know, around the open net. Uh, that got cleared out, but again, all three of those goals, they were just, just, you know, not, not aware, you know, where the puck is. And again, I, I thought Gillies had a great game other than those, those rebounds. Yeah. He thought he shot, uh, stopped 32 out of 35 shots, which is pretty good by any measure. I mean, yeah, giving up three sucks, but when, you know, when they're raining shots down on you, the only problem is the, again, that rebound control, cause that one, for for uh for Matthew got I mean he went right back to him. So um but stopping thirty two out of thirty five is pretty good. The we we definitely out we outshot them by two. It was thirty five to thirty three. So they were shooting a lot too. Um we had him in face off percentage by a wide margin, which I think made a massive difference. Uh, fifty eight percent to forty two. Um that's a pretty big difference. It's kind of unheard of for this team. Yeah, for us to be that far over 50% is pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous. But I think the, the lesson that we should learn here from our last uh, little 10 minutes of conversation is if you're ever in uh, Palm Harbor, uh, don't drive because uh, Gannon puts <laughs> his, his phone up on the dash and watches hockey while he's driving. 
So <laughs> that's that's the important takeaway of the Devils and Lightning game for Thursday, January 27th. So that's a game. Whenever games are on Thursdays now, it's hard for I, I it I can watch them if if I have college class at night for on that night, and uh, if if we're doing like a Zoom class, then I get to throw it on the TV and watch it. I'm just hoping we continue <laughs> to do Zoom classes if we have Thursday night games because like I'm not actually paying attention to what's going on in class. I'm trying to watch the game, but I don't have the sound <laughs> on either. So um, so I just have to kind of watch it without any sound as if try and pay pay attention to school, but I mean, I'm paying for it. I may as well. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those classes that, that, you know, you're not actually getting anything out of it. It's someone that just reads a PowerPoint, like, uh, start, start to finish anything, start to finish. So yeah, that's, uh, that was the Thursday night game. And then we had Vegas come in on Saturday, and that was not so good. I did not really get to watch this game, and I'll tell you why, and this is really frustrating. Because, like, my date my date nights with my lovely girlfriend are usually on Tuesday nights, and then, you know, on Fridays and Saturday nights, too. Like, the only times we really get to see each other. So if there's a game on, like, a Friday night or a Saturday night, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll skip it. And then in the morning, ESPN Plus, which is what I use to watch the games, uh, since I'm out of market, they have the replay like on demand. So you can go on and be like, okay, this is last night's game and I can watch it from the beginning. And sometimes they'll have the pregame show, sometimes they don't. This time they didn't have the game at all on Sunday morning. What? And I was pissed. Oh. I was like not happy because I was so prepped and ready to watch this thing. That's like my whole Sunday morning. It's like, cool, I got that in the morning, take the dog out for lunch, and then uh, playoff football starts in the afternoon. It's going to be a really good Sunday. Already off on the wrong foot. So I had no idea what the results were. I watched the condensed game from well, NHL. Well, and the, the site that I use, they, pretty, they, keep, the, uh, they keep the games up uh, pretty much till like 5 o'clock the next day, uh, you know, if all the games are at 7 or later. Um, so they keep them up for a good while. Um, I'll send you the site uh, in, in case that ever happens again. Cause, you know, especially if you're watching in the morning or something, they're definitely going to have it on. Well, I'm paying money for Plus. Yeah. And I demand satisfaction. <laughs> you know, like, this is the mouse. This is why people hate the mouse now. That, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. You know, so was the game just not even there? No, like, like they, they had the last, they still had the previous one on demand, but they did not have that one. So it's like yeah, you could watch uh, the one from like, for, you could watch the Thursday night one, but you couldn't watch the Saturday night one. So I was thinking maybe, oh, was it, was it the TNT game or something? Maybe did they have it on TNT and that's why? But no, it wasn't. It was, it was a Valley game. Because when I watched the condensed highlights, it was, um, it was it was Randorf and, and Angblom. So I'm like, what the hell? So s- screw you, Mouse. That's what we'll take away from that. I, it's probably better, considering that we didn't win. Lost in in, uh, in the shootout, three to two. It was cool that they made the comeback because they were down two nothing after two, uh, and they made a comeback late to tie it up and send it to overtime and get a point. So that's good, but. Maybe they need to vary up the order on the shootouts, or maybe Vassy just had, didn't have a great night, or I got our guys couldn't do anything. 
but it wasn't I saw, great. I, I saw a lot of people complaining about Vazzy in the shootout. I, I never take shootouts too seriously. Like, if we lose in a shootout, I'm not too upset. If we lose in overtime, it's a little different. Uh, you know, always have it to just grab a point. But, you know, I, I, I used to love watching the shootout, but now it just doesn't doesn't do much for me anymore. Uh, y- you know, I, I, everybody would rather see more three-on-three. And I'm not sure if it's something like the league doesn't want to do it. You can only, you know, probably something under the CBA. You can only play so many minutes in a regular season game. Um, I'd rather just go back and- to ties. No, no, I hate just give them, give them, give them a, uh, just give them a point, you know, like, like in soccer, just give them a point. You're getting a point anyways, yeah. when you get there, just give it to them. We're not soccer. I'd rather, I'd rather see a definite end than a tie. Yeah, I guess I'll stick with the shootout. Well, the problem is that if you're doing three on three overtime, that takes so much out of a player because you're sprinting the entire time. So if you can't really go much farther than, than three on three for five minutes. It's, it's different in the playoffs when everyone is like upping their game and you're playing like a full period, but you're still getting regular shifts and you're not, you know, there's a lot less room. So you're not going as hard, but you're doing three on three, like five minutes is about all they can really take. I think. Yeah. But I think, I mean, when you are doing three on three, I mean, coaches are going to be sending out, you know, their, their top, you know, the top six guys, um, and you know, top top four demon. Uh, if if they did, you know, extend put a little more time on, not even like ten minutes. Let's say, you know, seven minutes thirty seconds. I mean, you you can throw out you know parts of your third and fourth line and kind of jumble things up, and maybe give some other guys a rest. At, at a certain point, yeah, it does become kind of a an endurance race, but. I don't know. I, I think a lot of players would also agree. Uh, player, players have came out and said it. They, they'd rather do overtime than a skills competition. I think it's kind of silly that, that games are decided uh, on a skills competition. Again, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have too strong of a stance on it. Just personally, I'd rather see more overtime. But, again, I'm, I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, I mean, you get a point just for making it the overtime, which is good. Um one thing that the shootout also does is it kind of takes the excitement away from a penalty shot. Cause used to be a penalty shot was the most exciting thing in hockey because you rarely ever saw them and it was one-on-one. But now that they do that, you know, after X amount of games that are still tied after overtime, then it's not nearly as exciting when you see one in game. Wasn't there a penalty shot in that devil's game? I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Sorelli. It was, uh, Sorelli. Sorelli, yeah. but he did not convert. Hey, he ended up getting the game winner, so I think he's happy. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, so for the Vegas uh, go game. On. Go on. The Vegas game, um, we went back to our old faceoff selves and lost the faceoff battle 54% to 46%, which seems more normal for us. Uh, the two goals in, over, in uh, the third period to tie it up, one from uh, Ross Gol- Colton who is, um, yeah, I, know, I want to say Ross Golton all the time. <laughs> and um, the uh, the tying one from Corey Perry, which was... Clutch as ever. Yeah, who unassisted. Else? And that was it. Uh, that was with less than three minutes left in the well, game. Well, actually, Cor- Perry didn't even really score that. He, uh, he just tried to center it uh, right out in front of the net, and it was one of the Vegas players that jammed it 
Yeah, it was Zach Whitecloud. He tried to jam it into Lanner's pads, and he ended up banking it off the pad into the net. But still counts as a goal for Perry, who he's got 12 right now. After a slow start, he's really picked it up. You know, he's kind of tailed off a little bit, but 12 goals for a you know bottom six guy, ah, it does not get much better than that. Oh, another interesting little fact that I looked up. So Perry, who was on the Canadians last year, and they're having a pathetic season. If he were still on the team with his current goal totals, 12, he'd be leading the team in goals by three. Now, is that partially because they're bringing up a lot of guys from uh, from the AHL? Yeah. It's like they're, they're rotating well, a lot of people out? Well, yeah, they're just having a season from hell. I mean, everybody, like all – a lot of their top line guys, they're they're injured or, you know, either for long term or just you know, parts at a time. Like David Savard, he's out for eight weeks. He's got like a lower ankle sprain. Um, uh, you know, Carey Price and Jake Allen. You know, Carey Price, he's doing his personal uh, rehab thing, um, so that doesn't really count. But with Jake Allen, their you know backup goalie, they were gonna try to ride him, but he got injured, so they're. They're bringing out their third and fourth string goalies, and they're just getting destroyed. And yeah, they're bring they're bringing up guys from the the ECHL. I mean, their 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 pool is is running dry. And again, it's just a season from hell. You know, if they if they did have a full healthy roster, if Shea Weber could play, I mean, I don't think they would be this pathetic. Not not a chance. They they've just gotten, you know, every wrong turn. Well, it's okay because, you know, if you look at the timeline of Stanley Cup winners over the last, like, essentially history of of the of the NHL, you'll see their uh, their name entirely too many times. So it's perfectly fine that they can uh, bottom feed for a little while. Yeah, yeah, they still have twenty one more Stanley Cups than we do. So exactly, like, I, I don't think anyone would be would be upset, you know, if the Yankees didn't win the World Series for the next fifty years. Yeah, I think the reason it's so upsetting. Not even for just, you know, the Canadians fans, but just, you know, the hockey world. is they, Their run to the cup, I'm not going to say it was a fluke, but it was a Cinderella run. Um, you know, nobody saw saw them getting out of the first round. I mean, they, they were great the first quarter wave of, the, uh, of last season. Then they really, really tailed off and caught fire at the right time. And... Um, you know, some unfortunate injuries to Toronto, suspension to Winnipeg, and then the Vegas series, that, that was anyone's. It, it, it was, you know, again, not, not a fluke run, but you're going to have high expectations the year you come out from the, from the Stanley Cup Finals. Even if you didn't go far, I mean, people had high expectations for Dallas two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I guess we kind of just destroy teams after we're done with them. Well, I mean, you lose your legendary goalie. That's not a good start. Yeah. He's kind of the key to everything. But in that uh, vi- I mean, he was the reason they got that far anyway. It, he was playing was lights much- out during that playoffs. He was. I saw a lot of credible people saying that, um, you know, if they were voting for – uh, the MVP, they would have given it to Price, but let's be real. Vasilevsky was the real, real championship. Yep, he's the big cat. He's the uh, the king of my heart. Love me some Vassy. Mm-hmm. So the uh, yeah, I mean, he, 
he got us all the way to that shootout with uh, with Vegas. Again, people were complaining, like, oh, Vazzy lost this game for us. And I said, no, he got us that far. Yeah. He's the reason we got a point at all. And and Leonard is the reason why they won. Mm-hmm. Because Leonard was also on fire. You know, he shot. He had a uh, good game, yeah. He, he saved 27 out of 29, but some of the saves he made were pretty ridiculous. Like, one thing I, I definitely heard Randorf, you know, go off the chain with some of his saves. Like, they were pretty good. But... You know, considering that we lost in uh, in overtime, well, we'll just call it one of these. Um, probably just a fuck around game. That's right. <laughs> that is that's what we're calling it now. That's what we're calling it. Collateral loss is too boring, so go with the fuck around game. Call it a fuck around game. So uh, that was the Vegas game. That was Saturday night, and we played last night against San Jose. They showed up, hoping to avenge their uh, loss, their touchdown loss, when we were over in oh, their they, barn. They showed up all right. They they were a completely different team, you know, what we saw a couple of weeks ago. I was lucky enough to uh, to be at this game. I uh, I won a ticket in a giveaway on Facebook, so I drove my, my happy ass down to Amelie and got some actually pretty nice seats. I was like 10 up from the glass. I was row H. Um you know, if it, if it's free, it's for me. So I'm going. Yeah, I saw I saw your uh, your picture there. That was uh, mm-hmm. I was a little jealous that you got to see a victory and I got to see us get destroyed by the Panthers. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you went to the nine to three game. I went to the worst game of the season. Oh no! <laughs> and you went to a a very good game. Yeah, out of the three games I've been to this season, it's been a four nothing shutout and two overtime winners. That's awesome that I guess you got I just to go. Keep going to these games. Yeah, well, apparently you need to move your pillow and your blanket over there to one of the seats. <laughs> it sucked because um, not that it sucked. Again, it's a free seat. I'm not going to complain too much, but it was um, the section. How am I going to describe it? It was the section um, right where like the seats start being angled. Um, so the uh, like. You know, they weren't like centerized seats, but the seats, again, just like the, that section right where they start to get a little angled. And um, you, could, you couldn't really see anything on the far end of the ice. I was in the attack twice, uh, attack twice section. I was in 112. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, all three goals that we scored were on the other end. Uh. So I was going back from Jumbotron to watching through the glass to Jumbotron watching through the glass. But again, I'm not gonna complain. No, you were there. You got to feel the. You got to feel it. It's really cool to be able to feel the crowd when you're in that place oh, yeah. because they're so nuts. You know, not not to say anything bad really about the Panthers because you know they're they're on their way up and people are getting back into them again now that they're consistently winning. But they're still not filling their place up yet. And now a lot of that is is pandemic related for sure. But they weren't really filling it up before that either. And now that they're good and people are trickling back in there, but it's still not very full. You know, Amelie's full every night. And so it's cool to be able to feel that whenever they're playing well. Yeah, I mean, having a good team, it'll do it for you. Again, if the Panthers keep this up, they, they don't have much of a fan base, at least comparing it to Tampa. But if they if they keep this up, if they can string a couple of good seasons together, they don't even have to win 
Uh, they don't have to win the cup. They just have to be competitive every season. And right now they've got the roster for it. It'd be cool. You know, I do give a lot of Panthers fans hell on, you know, uh, what, what's their, their slogan is like time to hunt. You know, I say time to hunt for some fans, just, just you know, just giving them hell. <laughs> um, but you know, I, nobody likes seeing any NHL team struggle. I mean, in a perfect world, every building would be a sellout every night. But uh, again, you know, a couple of years ago, I would hear "Let's Go Bolts" chance at the BB&T Center. What is it? FLA Live now? Yeah, the Florida Live Arena. I see also yeah. um, advertisements for them now on the floating billboards. This Miami and Biscayne Bay here has floating billboards. Which, if you're a if you're a Mariner, that's like the world's greatest job. You're just that's really cool, actually. You're just floating around on these two gigantic billboards, and they have a, a Panthers one, and it's like you know, join the hunt. Like, all right, cool. Um, I'll root for most of you. I just not not uh, Gudas. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of uh, Radko Gudas, but other than that, <laughs> everyone else I'm fine with. Who cares? Just as, as long know. as you're not I, playing us. That last, you know, that that series and. I, I, I've met some pretty shitty Panthers fans. I mean, you're going to get some shitty people out of every fan base, but that last series, I mean, from game one, I mean, the hatred was there for, again, you know, never having a real, you know, solid rivalry. The, the hatred was there. True, true. And, yeah, and it my, definitely carried uh, over into this season. You know, I was I was okay with them, and I'm still kind of okay with them. I'm definitely really sour after that 9-3 to three. For sure, um, it's kind of hard not to be, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now because I would think if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't think that we would really take the foot off of the gas that game either. But at the same time, I don't really know how much they were trying to let up. Like at some point, it's just essentially going to be like there's no goalie anyways, so you're still going to have to act like you're playing the game and shoot the puck at the net. So it's just going to happen. So I can't really be that upset, but it was definitely a stinger at the time. But, uh, yeah, I can definitely hear that uh, the cops are after you. Oh, yeah. They are clearly listening to the podcast. They found out about the phone on the dash. Oh, shit. I told and, you not to tell anyone. Well, you brought it up, man. We are <laughs> semi-live. So we have uh, some new fans of the show. They are the uh, 17th Precinct. <laughs> So we went back to uh, the the old uh, face-off ways there. We lost the face-off battle against the Sharks 53 to 47, but we did outshoot them by 11, 32 to 21, and that doesn't even count um, the the posts that were hit. Like Hedman could have won the game before overtime, but he hit the post. Oh, man. That was ridiculous. Yeah, we, the overtime was cool. Hedman is amazing. Like he's just – He's just too good. His shot wasn't even that hard. Like No, it was like a knuckleball. Randorf made it sound like, ah, oh, lightning struck. Hedman just Hedman just like had a blast, but it wasn't a blast. It was like he flicked it. Yeah, it was kind of elusive how it went in. I, I don't think it tipped off of anyone, but it, it was fluttering. I mean, he picked his corner. He knew where he wanted it to be, I'm sure. You know, if he could do it over. He, he may have just kind of whiffed on it or something, but... Again, it was right where he wanted it to be. I just think he, you know, he's not going to wish for a harder shot. It went, I don't know. Again, it was just kind of a knuckler. But at the end of the day, it was the game winner. It was. It was. So we finished up the three games, two and one. 
before the All-Star break. You can't really be too upset about that. Take two out of every three all the time. All the time. So those are the three games. Now that we're at the All-Star break, I figure maybe we could talk a little bit about the entire first half and um, see what what we think about it. Like who? Let's let's say who is uh, who's who's your surprise for the first half? What like breakout player or something? Yeah, like, like who who's, who stands out in your me? mind for 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 the first half? Like let's discount the maybe discount the core and see like if there's somebody that's not core, not core. Um, I'm gonna go with. Corey Perry, obviously. I mean, he's he's been clutch all season. Um, I, I you know I had high hopes for him coming in, and I, I again I, I was super excited when I heard that we were signing him. You know, following him for all these years, I've also really liked Pierre Edward Belmar. Uh, I thought he's brought you know filled in nicely uh, once that you know previous third line they all disbanded. I think you know him, uh, you know Belmar Perry and Maroon. I thought they've created a great uh, impromptu third third line energy line uh, possession line let's say um, I've really liked all of them but who I did not expect to be having this good of a season uh, I know you said you know not really core but Alex Killorn I mean he's third on the team in points he's got 41 or 42 yes uh, yeah, he's got 41 dude that's awesome I mean Fifteen goals, twenty six yeah, assists. He's he's yeah he's been amazing all uh, all year since the very beginning. And he was on a gold streak at the beginning, uh, and then he kind of went from scoring so much to to assisting more. Yeah, I mean he's he's almost like an unsung hero. I, I relate him a lot to Andre Palat, who again he's you know no slouch of his own. Uh, I think they play similar. They're both you know. You know they're not big name guys, but they're they're you know second line always getting it done, always putting the most out there. And uh, I, I never really saw Killorn as like a skilled forward, but he, he's a Swiss army knife. Again, same with Palat. You put them anywhere and they will do, they'll do just fine. They'll do great. And I, I just think the season that he's having right now makes me happy that we have him locked up for a couple more years. But Palat, on the other hand, you know, he's having a good season despite missing a couple games. He's a UFA at the end of this year. I'm wondering if he's going to take his big ticket. I hope not because I, I can't imagine him wearing somebody else's sweater. Like, I just can't. No, it'd be really weird. He's been on our team for too long. He he means too much. You know, we need these guys to start taking some discounts to stay mm-hmm. to stay together until their legs fall off. I know Killorn, I know he would be willing to take a discount. Like, back when all the uh, – when they were getting started with the expansion draft, he went on to spit and chicklets and he was saying, no, I hope I get to retire here. I, I hope I don't get selected. Uh, you know, Tampa is my, it's my home, my second home. I, I want to retire here. So I think, you know, if, if not a discount, I'm sure he'd be willing to stay the same or maybe just a slight bump, but I'm sure he would be willing to work with Julian Breesbaugh on, on trying to manage the cap. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I love watching him. I've always been a fan of him ever since the triplet line, you know, back in the day. Um, always a, was a fan of the triplet line. I was always saying they should get back together at some point in time. And no, they, he wasn't on the triplet line. It was Palat, Johnson, and Cooch. I thought we were talking about Palat. You're talking about Kalorn. Oh, 
You're talking yeah, about yeah, the, you're talking about, about corn. corn. All right, that's why I'm taking a discount. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Palat. We're on, we're on two okay. di- two different wavelengths here. I'm talking about right, Palat. Let's go to Palat. Yeah, because you said you said he's gonna maybe uh, cash in his his big ticket, and I, I can't picture him in any other. I mean, I can't picture Corn in any other sweater either, but I definitely can't picture Palat in any sweater, any other sweater besides ours, because he's he means too much, and Corn does too. They both do. Like it wouldn't be the Lightning without them, in all honesty, mm-hmm. because. And he in, until this year, like Palat's really never been hurt that often. Like you, you always see Stamkos gone, you know, Cooch gone, you know, Point gone here and there. Uh, he missed a good chunk of the. It was either the the sixteen seventeen or seventeen eighteen season. He missed like thirty games with a hip injury. Um, not so much since then, yeah. though. No, no, no. He, he's been pretty sturdy since then. You know, he's he hasn't had like injury troubles. I mean, he he's quite he's quite the tank. Yep. But again, you know, I I can definitely see, you know, come up this July first or whenever free agency is. I mean, some team is going to want to employ his services, and you know, I don't even know what he would he would really make on the open market. I I, I could see a team because you know every team overpays for for a free agent. Uh, especially if you're, you know, a not so desirable marketer team, you know, let's say, you know, Edmonton, they're, yeah. they're obviously going to have to overpay. So I don't know. He could probably catch, fetch somewhere between like seven, seven and a half million. I'd say, I mean, he's probably what, just touching 30. Um, you know, I, I'm not much of a capologist, but I, I, I think somebody would be willing to dangle, seven million in his face and I'd be hard pressed not to take it. I just can't imagine he would be getting that same deal from the lightning. Yeah. He is 30 years old. He's been in the league for nine years. Money. Seventh league. round pick too. Been in the, in the league for nine years. So that's uh so you're going with killer. Um, I would probably say that my, my, my two surprises are uh, Matthew. Matthew Joseph is one for me and it's and his numbers aren't there yet, but, he is always in it. Like I call his name out like all the time. Like Randorf calls his name out all the time. He breaks away all the time. He's just missing the goals. That's all. If That's, he could finish on his chances, he'd be Wayne Gretzky. He's insane. He's always doing something. And I see him a lot more now than I ever have before. And I think that's awesome because he was, he, he would yeah. always be your healthy scratch. You know, like he, that one playoff run, he was in the bubble and he didn't even play like the mm-hmm. entire time. So he's right now, he's only got 15 points, eight goals and seven assists. He's a plus three two shorthanded goals. Yeah. He's got two shorthanded goals. He's a plus three. Um, the other one, Ross Colton, like he's been good as of late. He's always, he's, he's been getting better uh, every game. And now he's like on absolute fire. He's yeah, got, he's uh, got 20, four 20 goals points. in his last five. 20 points, nine goals, 11 assists. Um, he's he's amazing. And he does all this with an average ice time of 13 minutes, which is less Damn, I, less than Matthew Joseph. Wow. I'm surprised they don't put him out there more. I, I get that he does center that kid line, which is probably going to see the least amount of minutes out of everybody. But... Um, again, I really like what he brings to the table. Somebody made the comparison, and I believe I brought this up last week, to, to Yanni Gord. You know, he, he's 
he's definitely a little bit bigger, definitely not as fast, and definitely not as aggressive, but he brings all the elements that Gord, you know, brought to our team and just kind of, you know, fills in that role a little bit. You know, he's not going to be Gord. You know, he still could turn into, you know, a Yanni Gord or better. I mean, he's, he's young. He's five years younger than Gord. Got a lot of potential and got a lot of, you know, time to, uh, to prove it. But, I mean, yeah, from what we saw just heading into the playoffs last year, I mean, he can score at, at will, it seems like. Um, but I think, yeah, giving him some more ice time, he's definitely got a lot of stuff to, to work out in his game. I'm not, I'm not huge on his passing. Uh, again, it's all stuff that you can work on, and, and this is a team that will help you flourish. For sure, for sure. Um, he is a plus one. Uh, see, Matthew Joseph's a plus three. Killer's a plus four. Victor Hedman, day in, day out. He is plus 15, leads the team. That guy right. is just insane. And then, and, of course, um, also, uh, go, go the, on. The, the, the trailer here is in, uh, one of the only players at a negative rating, Nikita Kucherov. What a loser. Is he really? He's a negative one. <laughs> uh, trade him. Ship him out. He's only played in 11 games all season. He's got 17 <laughs> points in 11 games. That's crazy. His pace is nuts. <laughs> um, another another uh, standout person who I think is kind of coming into their own. Again, I know I said it last week and probably the week before, but Cal Foot, I think I think he's really making a name for himself. The, you know, the 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 right side depth isn't there. I for the foreseeable future, unless we make another another trade for right-handed defenseman, I think he's got his spot in the lineup locked up. Um, well, actually, Bogosian and Chernak, I mean, it's hard to, uh, I don't know. It, it's either, I'm sorry, Bogo Norris, but it's either Bogosian or, 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 or Foot. It's really kind of a coin flip. It's great being able to have that seventh defenseman. But I'm, I'm really liking what, what Foot's bringing. Uh, Bogosian has not played enough this season for me to make an accurate assessment on who I'd rather have in the lineup. So for me right now, my vote goes to Foot. Well, you already know what. Bogo is going to bring if you're still winning you should at least give the kid a lot of time to figure it out mm-hmm. he averages about 14 minutes a game he's a plus one no goals yet does have four assists uh, but he's only played in 32 games uh, versus the uh, I think we've played 46 games total uh, yeah we've played 46 games total so he hasn't played in all of them um, so I mean I'd like to see more of them. I'd rather you go with the kid. For- yeah, you know it's never, you know it's never a bad problem to have too many defensemen, and you know we could always, again that right side really loves to get injured. So, you know hopefully once we do have a full healthy lineup, they can you know inter- interchange them and even Ruda as well. I didn't bring him up simply because he plays with Hedman, and I think that that duo has been pretty good. You know Hedman's always played with the weakest defenseman, you know, for as long as he's been elite. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's been the guy up on the play and, you know, chasing back, you know, hoping, hoping the right side D man has it covered, whatever it may be. Uh, but I, I think they like the pairing of, of Ruta and Hedman, which is why I didn't even really bring it up. Surprisingly, Ruta's only missed four games. For some reason, I thought he was gone a lot longer than that. He had some injury troubles in both playoffs last year. 
uh, in the year before. Yeah, he's played he's played in 42 games. Pop quiz, who leads the team in penalty minutes? Who leads the team in penalty minutes? Oh, man. This one should be pretty obvious. Ruda. No. <laughs> no, that, that's not the obvious answer at all. I'm oh, actually okay, surprised okay. you said it. Yeah, of course, of course it's Pat Maroon. <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't know. I was just thinking of, like, minor penalties. I don't know why fighting just escaped my brain, but. <laughs> He's um, got 65 penalty minutes. Oh, my God. I wonder how many of them are minors. <laughs> Uh, he's uh he's got 65 uh the next up is his line mate Corey perry who has 30 uh where is he at 43 he's got 40 yeah so pat maroon leads leads by a mile i think maroon is also maroon is also the guy who you know if, if there's a um like a delay of game or something like that or if there's a penalty on the goalie like he's gonna be the guy that sits in there and uh Corey Perry is usually the backup for that. So, uh, and, and if it's not him, then it's Perry. So those two are the, in the lead. Uh, Victor Hedman, actually, uh, I, I take it back. Victor Hedman has more penalty minutes than Corey Perry does. Oh, really? And Steven Stamkos has more than that. Why am I not looking high enough on this list? Steven Stamkos Jesus, is in second with 52. Dude, he, I don't know. He, he took a penalty in overtime last night. Uh, I think it was overtime, uh, where they washed it out with the embellishment call. I know a lot of people were upset about that, but Hedman, he or not Hedman, Stamkos, he just kind of takes silly penalties. Not a lot, a lot of them, not his fault, but I don't know. He 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 likes his stick infractions. That was actually something I completely forgot, considering the fact that I just watched the third period like two hours ago. I remember <laughs> thinking. Wow, that's the first time that I've heard an embellishment call in ages. Like, I didn't even know they still did that because I never see it. At least on the Lightning, I the only, you know, I'm sure I'm missing some, but the only one that I can remember was, in recent memory, was in the finals against Dallas where Point got speared in the groin by Corey Perry. And so Perry got a slashing call and point got an embellishment call. I remember that very well because that was one of the biggest travesties of the playoffs. (laughs) It was abhorrent. I mean, Oh my God. How do you, how do you embellish that between, between that and the two absolutely ridiculous um, goalie interference calls, the one on point and the one on Kucherov, were like three of the most ridiculous calls in the playoffs in the last handful on of years. Uh, one was Cooch. I'm fairly certain one was Cooch. Um, I, I I know the point one. That was against the Panthers. That one was, again, just abhorrent. I mean, I I could not believe my eyes. Yeah, everyone everyone with a, with, a, with a pair of eyes could see that that was absolutely ridiculous. And Panthers fans still say the refs won that series for us. Yeah, they always will. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I'll, I'll play a little ref ball here and there when I get when I get really bitter about oh, my team losing. You know, speaking of the Panthers, you know who's leading the league in points is Jonathan Huberdeau with 64. 64. Yeah, that guy's insane. He he's a passing machine. I'm so happy I traded for him in fantasy. And back to our penalty minutes um, talk for a second. I was completely wrong again. 
Because oh apparently God. I don't know how to read a table. <laughs> Stamkos is not second on the team in penalty minutes. He's not even in that realm. I was reading his points. He's got 52 <laughs> points, not 52 <laughs> penalty minutes. For, that was really surprising <laughs> to me. I was like, what? He's only got 14 penalty minutes. He does not have 65 like Pat Maroon does. <laughs> Lord. Folks, I give up. Your, 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 uh, your humble servant gives up. <laughs> gives up. Um, um, I, heard, I heard a rumor that there's going to be um, – that there's gonna they're gonna bring back the reverse retro jerseys for next season. I hope so. They gotta definitely sell some more because you can't really find them anymore. Like you yeah, can't you real. can't find and them in the stores or anything. I thought they were really cool. I've been wanting us to do to to do that design again. Not not even like the colors, but I just want our old um, emblem to come back every once in a while. Like I wish our third jerseys had the old emblem on it because I th- always thought that was super cool. Yeah, it probably would go really well with the uh, with the black. Absolutely. Abs- it's too boring. Your, your third jerseys are supposed to be different, and it's cool that we got different colors, but it's not cool that it's the same lightning bolt emblem. Like, I want to see the bolts go across the chest again like they're doing for the stadium series, like their previous third jersey. Those are really cool. Um, Dude, like, jersey guys hated that jersey, the one there, and, and the current uh, Stadium Series ones. They hate when they have team names that aren't the team, like like jersey snobs. I don't know if you've ever met any, but they, they hate when it's not the team name. Like, you guys are the Lightning, not the Bolts. And I, I understand. Uh, actually, Phil Esposito, uh, he actually agrees. Well, these are old fogies. Like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Like it's it's your Phil's actually it's he's pretty progressive, jersey. I'll give him that. It's your third jersey. Like let it be cool. You know, they're called you know, they get called the bolts by everybody. So just put bolts on them. Like you know, if 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 the Panthers had the cats or something like that, I wouldn't be upset. You know, it's just, just different. I, I would like us to go away from the black, I think, because I think they have some issues playing in the black. Like Oh, no, you're one of them. Well, you know, you can't see the puck. You know, it's it's if the puck goes in the air, you get it, you get mixed up. Like Vassy had to change his color pads because he couldn't see when he had the puck on his pad. So, like, I get that. I think that their third jersey should be the reverse retro, and that should be it. You know? Yeah, I would. I'd much rather have the you know the current reverse retro as our third jersey. Um, but yeah, that's not gonna happen. I'm I'm impressed. We actually made it through the entire show, and uh, we did not talk about the ele- the elephant in Tampa Bay, which has Tommy uh, B. Yeah, it has uh, taken taken the city by storm over the last handful of days. The departure of the great one in football. The window is now closed, but it was open for two seasons, and it was two of the best seasons that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have ever had. And now it's Kyle Trask season. I hope to God it is because I don't want us to do something stupid and go out and get somebody like Janine Garoppolo or, um, you know, Hey, uh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo goat to you. Oh yeah. That, that guy. 
I don't want him. I don't want Cousins. There's no chance of getting Russell Wilson. There's even less of a chance of getting Aaron Rodgers. So the, nobody in in the state except for some some really hardcore um, Seminole fans are going to want Jameis back. Nobody wants that ride again. No. Uh, Bruce definitely doesn't. Now, I did hear on – I was listening to Stroud's podcast this morning. He did mention that, like, some the, the quarterback's coach and Byron Leftwich – we're both saying that they thought they failed him and they didn't have a long enough time with him to fix his problems. But you know what? That time has passed. He's gone. Yeah. Don't come back. Did did they trade him or did he leave in like free agency or what? He left in free agency because he was, they didn't pick up his option after his rookie deal. So he left. And what is that? Like a qualifying offer or something? Yeah, I think so. Like you get five years on a rookie deal and then they can, and then there's, I think, an option at the end of it for another year before you go into free agency. I'm not really a, a contract person. I just know he was at the end of his rookie year and he had an option and they didn't pick it up. And uh, so he laughed. And good riddance. You know, he's not a great person. So I don't like, he's a known quantity and not a good one. So don't even hope for him to come back. There's a thousand things you could do before that. The most important being, Give the guy you just drafted a chance, especially considering the fact that he was good in college and he just had a year to learn from the best guy to ever play the game. Is this Trask you're talking about? Yeah, Kyle Trask. He needs to play. Did did he play at all this season or was it Gabbert? Gabbert was backup. Uh, Trask was third all year. And this is part of Trask's upbringing. Like this is what has happened in every level of his football career. He's had to sit behind somebody and wait. And when he's finally got that opportunity each time, he's been very good. So play him. You know, it may be rough at the beginning. He's going to have to learn a whole bunch. But this is why you got him. You need to play him. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to have wasted another draft pick on this guy like they did on, you know, Roberto Agoto. I don't know if you remember Aguayo. That was the biggest um, draft blunder I think our team has ever made. No idea who that is. So he was a kicker for the Seminoles and considered coming out of college to be the the best field goal kicker in history from college. And so they picked him in the second round, but at the end of the second round, and they actually traded, like they had picked somebody in the second round early, and then they had made a trade to get another second round pick, and it was at the very end, and they picked Roberto Aguayo, and they immediately made him the starting kicker that following season, and he was terrible. I mean, a very, very bad kicker. And it partially was not his fault because he just got the yips and he never got over them, and then he had so much pressure on him because of how high he was drafted. I don't want that to, ha- to be like a Kyle Trask thing, like, okay, they picked this guy, and like I think he got picked in the second round, second or third round. I mean, I, they wouldn't have made the pick had – you know, Brady not giving the thumbs up on him. You know, he had all all say in that. And, you know, granted, he didn't play, but he got to learn. So the window's closed. Like, Brady's gone. The window's closed. If you think we're competing for a Super Bowl next year, you know, you're out of your mind. Like, Well, you don't think Trask can do it? I'm saying the, the playoffs should be the Super Bowl for us. <laughs> Making the playoffs. It We're not going to have a good a good um, division. 
Like Sean Payton is no longer the coach of the Saints. The the Falcons are mediocre at best, and Carolina is a dumpster fire. So as long as we have at least 70% of the players we have right now, you should at least make a run at the division. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. So give him a chance to play and learn. I mean, why not, right? Bruce Arians wrote a book. Be a starter for starter for this uh, upcoming season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Bruce Arians wrote a book where he called him, it was called The Quarterback Whisperer. He was the quarterback whisperer. Well, time to do some whispering, son. Please. So, do you think uh, Godwin comes back? Um, he's a free agent, right? He well, we franchised him for a year, so they have the possibility of franchising him again. What does that mean? So when you're when you're franchised, like you're, you're a free agent, and they put the tag on you, and what that means is you make like a percentage of you. You make like what the average. Uh, amount that a player at your position makes or like the top there's like a math equation to it you make it it's a good amount of money like he got a massive pay bump bump by doing it but because they put the tag on him like he's not a free agent for that year so like he can't go so he might have gotten more on the market but he got a significant pay bump by getting franchised Uh, they could put that tag on him a second time. Generally, it's discouraged for teams to do that because it pisses the player off. And they could, and it kind of makes them not get a a bigger payday somewhere else. But he's going to be coming off of ACL, so it's going to be really hard for him to come back anyways. Uh, Who knows? That's very true. It does kind of hurt his uh, free agent stock. Yeah, so I don't know what they're, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know what's going to happen with anybody right now. This is the weirdest off season already like and it's just started have so. you seen how upset patriots fans are about tom's goodbye his retirement announcement yeah. he did he left him yeah. in the cold i think that's so funny did he not acknowledge them at all i didn't read uh i didn't read his statement or anything i, I just think you know, he, saw everything i think he mentioned craft i think he, <laughs> i think he was the only one if i remember he definitely went all in on tampa which was awesome you know go tampa I don't. He definitely left off double B, for sure. Um, but I think he might have mentioned, like, I think he might have thanked Kraft for for getting them in the in the beginning. But that might have been it. So he just glanced a thank you, pretty much. Well, it was a like a four page thing. I'm just saying, like, directed towards you know the Patriots, New England. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't go. He didn't go deep on him. He, he mentioned the crew, which is which is a Tampa thing. So mm-hmm. he's he's Florida think- man. I think I can see him like pulling like a Dave Andrichuk, just you know, you, you only play you know two seasons with the team, but you retire with them. You, uh, and you know that's you know where you stay, who you stay with for for the rest of your career. I I can see him, you know, you know it's Tom Brady. I I can see him being like some sort of like like consulting or like coaching position, not like a coordinator or anything, or even like a management or, or broadcast position, but, but something affiliated with the bucks. I, I can see that before he goes back to, to new England or anything like that. Well, he's not signing a one day contract with the Patriots. That's I think been uh, dispelled at this point. So that's good. People are begging for that. Yeah. That's whatever. It's just ceremonial. I don't think he gives a shit about any of that stuff at this point. No. There's some people that are kind of above that. If there's anybody that is, it's, it's him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Like, I think he's kind of earned the right at this point to do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen him come back for one more year, considering that he had his best statistical season ever this past season. But, you know, he's not really had any time with his kids. He's not really had any family time because when he plays football, he's all football. You know, mm-hmm. like that's he's that's why he's so good is because he's a freaking machine. Yeah, you know? not not many athletes can go out on their own terms. I think he's happy to, you know, take this season, even though, you know, it was a lot. I'm not going to call it a loss, even though he did not win the grand prize. I'm still having the best statistical season of his career um, that that's going out on top and that's going out on your own terms. I'm happy for him. You know, sad, sad for sad day to be part of the crew, but especially this is <laughs> that was my first season watching. I hopped on the bandwagon hard. Well, now you're on it. You got to stay. I'm I'm here. I'm here. You know, it, it was only because I did not understand football. I never had a care to, and obviously, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on the bandwagon. Of course, you know, when you've got the goat with you, but I, I'm all in now. I'm all in. Next step is you got to get on the Rays bandwagon. Eh, I'm not a baseball guy. All right. Well, that's I'm rowdy, uh, though. This is the last episode that we're ever doing of the uh, lightning rod. <laughs> gotta love them all, man. It's like Pokemon. You gotta love them all. I know. All hey, right. I watched some of the playoffs. I got, I've got a customer here who he likes to talk shit about the lightning. So I talk shit about the rays to him, you know, it's all just playful. Um, he's like, come on, man, just give playoff baseball a try. And so I watched part of game one uh well that was the good game to watch yeah that was the good game to watch not the rest of them (laughs) but that one was good Uh, i'm a diehard baseball fan i've been you know i've been a baseball fan since i was a kid um the rays are the most fun team to watch because we're different than every other team in the league in the way that that they do things and um it makes for it makes for interesting watch because it's not you're they're they're not the traditional baseball team. They don't have the they don't have the stars. They they play the game like if the game has a set of rules, they figure out how to get every single bit out of it. Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and they do it all for uh, the amount of money that you would find in your couch. So rank your like your top like which sport you follow the closest have a biggest passion for you know out of that you know big four sports i would say hockey first with um baseball right after it uh and in football very very close behind and then that's really it um, yeah I, I don't i do enjoy watching uh soccer like european soccer mls is kind of tough to watch i've been a orlando city fan since they started um i don't I watched that more for the spectacle of it, the chess match of it, the European side versus, you know, the MLS, which is only, it's getting better year after year, but it's still not that great yet. Uh, And then the NBA, I don't watch it all. Yeah, I'm not basketball at all. Again, like I just started watching football. You know, I've been hockey my entire, for as long as I've been following sports, it's strictly been hockey, so... I'm taking baby steps here. So it's it's hockey on its own ivory tower and then football down below, but that's my number two. Yeah, football is, is great because it's not very time-consuming. Like, it's one, one day a week, mm-hmm. which is great. And, you know, you can go all in for that 
three to four hours for that one day a week, and then you don't have to worry about it. And the, and the season ends, like it goes by very quickly. Uh, it's it's like one blink and it's over. Whereas you know, hockey is a lot more time consuming because you got a game almost every other night, unless you got this wacky schedule like they got this year. Uh, baseball's the even tougher one. You really got to have a passion for it because there's literally a game every single night. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll play like they can go stretches of 26, 27 days playing every single day before they have one day off, and they never wow. have two day off, two days off. It's always because it's the it's it's not a it's not it's a, it's a pastime. You know, mm-hmm. there's 162 yeah, it's not a very games. Sport. There's 162 games in a season. You know, it's a lot. It's but it's something that you can do every night. Like you, it's you can go to a game every night. You can watch a game every night. You know, there's, it's, I love it. It's a numbers game. You know, it's, it's all about the numbers. So I don't know. Give it, give them a try. Uh, I think once they, if they finally put their, their stadium in Tampa, it'll be a little bit better. Uh, It'll be smaller. It'll be more accessible. Maybe a little bit cheaper, possibly if they decide to do it. So we'll see. So if you would like to talk to the show, you can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 727-416-0613. If you want to email us, you can. It's uh, thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. It's the number one. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at lightningrodpod. You can reach us, and uh, if you send us something, we'll play it on the show or read it or something. Toss it in the trash. We'll see. We'll see when we actually get it. When that day comes, we'll make that decision. For uh, Gannon, you got any uh, closing thoughts, my friend, before the uh, the, the break? Much of anything. Uh, it's not too late to vote Bogo into the All Star game. Is it? Uh, is it? Is there like another last man in? Like a last no, defenseman it's in? Way too late. They <laughs> <laughs> have like the the party crasher uh, selection. <laughs> it's my fantasy. All right. Cool. Cool, man. For Gannon, I am Johnny Pipes. We will catch you folks next Wednesday. Goodbye, all.